Welcome to the Revolved Human podcast. Uh, today, uh, we've got Stuart Walter, hypnotherapist, with us. Uh, so, I was just wondering why I was waving. That was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's right. It's an audio thing. Got to get that right. That's welcome. Right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Stuart, would you like to tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and actually, I guess, where you work, what you do for work? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Kurt. Number one is yeah. Thanks for. I guess opening yourself up and your podcast and even other people listening opening up their minds to what I do. Now, I guess if you want to use a label, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. Yep. So everything you probably just thought about hypnosis, we're going to demystify, debunk and get you to really understand what I do. Now, my main passion is working with elite athletes, currently 36 world champions I work with. Yep. Just helping them break down the barriers to performance. Awesome. Because if you look at... I guess what I do, a brilliant equation I use for a lot of my um, seminars, workshops, even working with clients, is your existing results equal your potential yeah. minus your fears. So you look at that and go, right, what is the potential of the human mind and the human body to achieve this stuff? The reason why you're not at that level now, based on your potential, is thoughts. Thoughts yeah. come through imagination, which goes into your thoughts, which then creates the reactions and responses which create the results. Yeah. So think about your existing results. Why aren't they where they want to be? It's got something to do with your imagination or the processing in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And always ask the question, what's that number one thing that stops people? It's fear. Yeah, absolutely. And fear right. is all created absolutely. through past experience. Fear is a thought. Fear is a sensation. Mm -hmm. So that is what's holding people back. Yeah. So I guess if you look at what I do, I just minimize fears. Yeah, nice. <laughs> you're, a fear, you're a fear minimizer. Fear minimizer. Yeah, nice. Okay. But as my clients call me the athlete's secret weapon. So yeah. I guess for a lot of athletes and elite people in sport and business, if you found the edge in your sport, would you be running around telling everyone? Mm. Probably not. Yeah. But that's where it's getting to. That's why Very one nice. of my um, Olympic clients, Olympic silver medalist, actually said, oh, when she was interviewed after winning the Olympic silver, what's your secret? She was not telling anyone about the secret weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, it then became a brand and a product for the online program. So and that's I'm, what I do. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, so how did you get into hypnotherapy? Like, what's your, what's your background? Did you come from sport or, um, yeah, what kind of led you to that area? It's one of, the, one of those things that when you find it, you know this is what you need to be doing. Okay, yeah. The path to finding it was, it was weird. Um, my mum is a naturopath and yeah. hypnotherapist and has been probably 40 years. Okay, well. And so I've always been around it. And my dad was into um, uh, hypnotherapy as well as massage. Yeah. So I've always been around it. And I was in martial arts, Taekwondo. So I was doing state and national titles in Taekwondo. Yeah. But I was inconsistent. Reason being, I was good at sport, I was fast, I was strong, I was flexible, but I was also travelling two weeks every month for work as a state and national sales manager. And coming up to some state times, no, coming up to one of the black belt ratings, I was just talking to my mum about the inconsistency that I had with breaking bits of timber and fighting and having to stop halfway through gradings and explain things and you've got someone who's trying to kill you in front of you. That's not sport. Yeah. So when I was talking to mum, she said, well, that's what I've been doing, hypnosis. Let's give that a crack. And I went, well, this would be fun to start with. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, that's all right. No problem. I'm sitting there for an hour just listening to mum, eyes closed, going blah, 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 blah. How is this possibly going to help? 
Yeah, so, you know, how we always kind of listen to our parents, we just go, yeah, right, mum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never exactly. actually listen. Yeah. And probably like most people are thinking with hypnosis, go, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> Turn into a chicken. But I just I was just sitting there and nothing seemed to shift. Mm. But I was just super aware of everything. I was in control. I was listening to everything. My brain was drifting off. Uh, and at the end of that, I was like, really? That helped? Yeah. Done. Okay. No problems. Walked away and went, yeah, good on you. Next night was training. Oh, my God. Mm. How different. I just felt 10 foot tall, bulletproof. Mm. I could read my opposition. I knew what they were going to do in advance. Nothing stopped me. I was in a totally different mindset. Mm. Um, and that was kind of the start of it. My success within sport went up, but also success in business because I then yeah. started understanding how to maximise my own performance. And, oh, gee, it was only, what is it now, about 13, 14 years ago now, just as my son was being born, I was still travelling two weeks every month and I thought, yeah. I need a difference, I need a change. Mm. Uh, I need to do something that I know that I can do. And at that point, my mum said, look, she's going to retire, had enough. And I went, oh, if I took her business as a base, if I learned hypnosis and I, met, and I matched that with my sport and knowledge, knowing the results, surely that could work. So I did my training and, and look, within three, four hours of my first day of training, I was just, bang, I was hooked. That's awesome. The instructor, oh, our lecturer just said, right, you've already passed. Yeah. It was just, it's like a duck to water, basically. So, yeah. um, and here we are now, what, 13 and a half years later, mm. um, just smashing goals, 36 world champions, international soccer superstars, yeah. legends, backyarders, weekend warriors, through to a lot of professional footballers, NRL mm. players. It's just incredible. So my journey has taken me around the world, talking, lecturing, working with some incredible people. Um, so that's kind of me in a bit of a nutshell. Yeah, awesome. I, I can understand. And we're probably running uh, out of time now. No, <laughs> <laughs> I could understand. Uh, there's obviously a lot more involved in that. But so you pretty much went from your previous job and then just kind of went out of limb to see if it's going to work and uh, hmm. and it worked. Yeah. Well, yeah. basically, the day I finished my training, I went into work and resigned. Oh wow. Yep. So I just thought straight up, I've got this. I can make this work. And then I took six months off. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of get my head right and get 15, 20 years of corporate out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just needed a bit of a break. Yeah. But it was just amazing. And that's probably one of the things I work a lot with people is the fact that, look, that was backup plan being mm. work. Yeah. I've, got, I've got this. I believe in myself. I know my skills and my abilities. Mm. I'm just going to make this work. So I didn't have a backup plan. I didn't work into something full time. It was yeah. just, I believe in myself. I know the results. Yeah. So therefore, everyone must be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, so there, is, there is no backup point. Yeah, good, uh, mm. good mindset to have from there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and now, so giving us a little bit about your background, mm. uh, even a little bit about, I guess, fear minimization. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess people are probably asking, but isn't that what psychologists do? Um, like, what's what's the difference between say hypnotherapy versus say psychology? Okay, good question. And it was interesting because I was actually talking to a sports psychologist last night on the phone. And we've, we come from different perspectives, mm -hmm. different model of application of the same information. Yeah. Okay? The human mind always works the same way. Mm -hmm. So that's basically it. From this sports psych I was talking to, very 
his approach is very much helping person or an athlete to understand why they're doing what they're doing. It's a very structured approach to go, right, this is a theoretical basis. This is everything we know about the human mind. So therefore, we fit in here somewhere. So it helps people to understand what's going on, but it doesn't help people move forward. And that's what I find a lot of my athletes that have been to sports science. They go, that's very good. I know who I am. Ah, so increase the awareness of who the person is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and what may have led yeah. to these issues is due to God. Yeah. But think about driving a car. Mm. I'll ask you the question. Did you drive here today? Yeah. Did you reverse all the way? Yeah. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I didn't no, reverse all the way. Yeah. Oh, probably unsafe on the roads, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's amazing how many people are looking backwards in the past, driving yeah. through life, yeah. looking where they've been, mm. hoping that that's not going to happen again. Mm. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And actually reversing through life. Mm. For me, that's a very good model of a psychologist. Yeah. My model, the way I approach the human mind and transforming people into the person they want to be is go, number one, who are you now? Mm-hmm. Number two, who do you want to be? Yeah. And then what do we need to change in you now to make mm-hmm. this other person possible? Yeah. But psychology is very much a very conscious process. Mm. If you do things often enough, it sinks into your automatic response. Yeah. A bit like training, a bit like running, a bit like lifting, everything. Once you get the muscle memory, right, mm-hmm. it's just repetition and quicker. Yeah. So, 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 so psychologists definitely have a place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's a good balance between them. If you look at, uh, let's just use the example, Australian swim team, 2012 mm. London Olympics, bang, everyone crashed. No one yeah. did what was expected. Yeah. The ones who expected to do well crashed. The ones we didn't even think about did really well because yeah. the pressure was different. Yeah. There was no sports psych working with or travelling with the team. Mm. And here's one of the best teams in the country. Mm. 2016, yeah, they had a sports psych appointed and they had a brilliant um, feel and environment that created in the swim team. The results were the same. Mm. People were performing under pressure. And this is where I kind of want to leverage into more athletes. Yeah, yeah, sure, it's great working with a site, but how do they get you in this peak performance state? Yeah. And that's kind of where hypnotherapy fits in, isn't it? Like versus psych, it's more of a I guess it's more of a political structure, it's more of the knowledge, but it's what I do is the application of the knowledge in the way that the brain works. Okay, yeah. So Everyone's probably thinking hypnosis, making people do stupid things. Mm. Okay, let's use that as an example. Um, I've got some very good friends at state hypnotists, and yeah. I've done it before. If you ever listen to the well, Hit 105 now, it's B105 back then, and make people do stupid things because mm. it's fun. Yeah, it's entertaining. But think about these state hypnotists. If you get a bikey out of the crowd, okay, tats, leather, denim, you name it, bald, beard, and you go, right, when you hear this music, you become a ballerina. Once you get in that relaxed state, in that hypnosis state, their belief and their values kind of go underneath that. And you become this character basically because the suggestion says so. Mm. But what's interesting is they don't have any skills or any abilities or any talents to become a ballerina. Yeah. But think about the switch effect on that. If I was on stage and I said, right, you a ballerina come out, get you into that same zone, so away from the conscious mind, which is where all the barriers mm-hmm. to performance are yep. in that conscious mind, you get them into this automatic zone, which is the unconscious, which is what the body's being taught, as we're talking about. I go, right, you ballerina, when you hear this music, you become the best ballerina in the world. 
totally free, totally relaxed, mm-hmm. doing what you love doing. Yeah. And then bang, you've got exactly that same thing. Mm-hmm. So I like to use situations that I don't change people into chickens. Mm. Unless one you want to, <laughs> but it's more about turning, I guess, chickens mm. into champions. Yeah. People that are scared of how good they can be, mm-hmm. turning them into champions by removing that conscious awareness, basically, and the bit mm. that creates those barriers. It's essentially, I guess, um, I guess, shifting mindset and manipulating mindset to a certain point for potential growth. Mm. Right? Yeah. Because uh, uh, funnily enough, I was at a, a conference the other week, as an international applied strength conditioning conference. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking to one of the coaches there and, and I mentioned uh, a little bit about hypnotherapy and mm-hmm. said, I'm, um, I'm actually keen to get you on the podcast. And, mm-hmm. and she goes, oh, I was, uh, I was a part of a, a stage kind of hypnotist thing. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's funny because I was like, oh, but does the stage stuff really work? Mm-hmm. And she goes, you wouldn't believe this. I went to stage and they said, when I click my fingers, uh, every time... Someone asks your name, you're going to be called, and I forget what the name it was, but mm. it was quite a funny name. Yeah. And so, click the fingers, everyone was able to go back to their seats, yeah. and their friends actually actually asked her what her name is, and she said she knew her name, and she just paused and just like, oh, and just actually said the funny name that came out. And she's like, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And so, from that point on, obviously, mm. it was reset during yeah. the show, but... Uh, and from there on, she straight away bought into that. Yeah. And, and so she, she couldn't believe that worked. And at the same time, people probably thinking of the exact same things. Like, but how does that kind of stuff work? Yeah. It, it's a strange thing because, I mean, everyone is very conscious mm. of who they are. And this yeah. is where I think this whole consciousness movement probably needs a bit of redefining. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at a conscious mind, it might only be 3 to 5% of how we think, act, and behave. Yeah. So there you are on the surface. But who you are on the surface is a result of all these programs, the 95 to 97% of the programs that are actually underneath it and underpinning who you are as a person. So how you react, respond, behave and communicate is a result of all these programs. Yeah. So changing the person, let's use a psychology model on the surface, think of a happy place, that's great. But then you've got the 95% programs that go, no, we're not designed to do that. Yeah. Because we're not actually wired to be successful. Mm. We're wired to be safe, to be average, to survive. Survive, yeah. And everything our mind is doing is there for one reason: it's protection, protection mm. from potential hurt, potential harm, physically, emotional. Mm. Elite athletes—they're pushing themselves physically. There's potential hurt. Mm. They get to a point where they're being judged and questioned through exposure in the media. There's potential hurt, harm, physically, mm. emotionally, because they're going to yeah. get verbally, emotionally, potentially attacked. Yep. So the brain is wanting to hold everyone back. Mm. So these, let's just call them genetic freaks mm. of successful people, sport, business, arts, and the science, they've all had to manage their mind and their emotions mm. beyond what we're wired up to do. Yeah. So mm. success isn't one of these, oh, you're, you're lucky type of thing, but you really have to push to do it. Mm. Yeah. Think of a happy place and it's not going to work. So it's kind of pushing your comfort zone because the comfort zone is actually how we're wired to mm. survive. Yeah, and the comfort yeah, zone yeah. on the surface is now underpinned by these programs. So we yeah. just change the programming. Yeah. Because I can guarantee all the blockages that people have got in their life, they created them. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I guess I I guess if we take that back to say survival, hmm. I guess we only survived because we actually had to challenge the like the environment challenged us. Hmm. Uh, we had to adapt the environment. Yeah, and yeah. it challenged us, we actually had to survive. So yeah. we adapted. So it was overcoming fears that were forced to a certain extent back yeah. then. And, 
now it's actually overcoming them by choice. Mm. And fears are—that's exactly how fears create everything through past experience. If you have mm. a negative experience, your mind will remember that. Therefore, yeah. next time something is similar, it'll go back to the past. And go, yeah, remember last time was this. Therefore, mm. that's a negative. Mm. Therefore, you'll start doing everything to avoid it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it creates that fear response, which is mm. what happens if. Yeah. And that fear response can lead to second guessing, doubting, mm-hmm. lacking confidence, lacking belief, yeah. fears, doubts, nerves. Yeah. So all that can be removed by removing the negative connection to that experience mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. Okay. And so, say, uh, we've mentioned psychologists do a little bit of that as well. Mm-hmm. And you're mainly applying those theories more. Yeah. What's, I guess, when people are now thinking, okay, we've assessed a little bit about what hypnotherapy is, mm. they can do the same thing on stage with their little kind of mm. tick tock, tick tock. It's not really a kind of hanging watch that you're ticking in front of people, is it? Like, what, what would you kind of, without giving away the secret weapon, yeah. um, <laughs> what kind of stuff would you run through, say, in, in a session? And I know it would change every single session, but what kind of things would you run through in a session for someone? Like, obviously, you're not yeah. going to hang a watch in front of them, but. But that's the funny thing. If that's their expectation, I can match them at their expectation okay. and basically drop them to where I need to anyway. Okay. You might have some very spiritual people. I then go quite spiritual. You might have some very direct statistical-based people. Yeah. That's the way I head. Okay. Yeah. So everyone's got the same agenda, basically. They want to become better. Mm-hmm. My first, uh, I guess, generally the first five minutes in any session is to understand how these people process. Mm. Okay. I can tell through their body language, whether they're analytical, kinesthetic, which is emotional or visual. I know if they're very past-focused or future-focused. I know if they're right-handed, left-handed. I can tell through the subtle movements of the bodies who I need to talk to and who I need to become Mm -hmm. to get the most of these people. Now, as I said, my first session is very much right. Who are you now? And the great thing is you are now a result of everything you've ever been through. So I don't have to go back. I just yeah. have to work with the person in front of me. Mm. Go, right, who are you? Where do you want to be in 12 months? Mm. Because that is a, an incredible door opening for yeah. people to go, okay, well, if that's who I want to be in 12 months, why do I need to go back in the past, number one? Mm. And you probably find a lot of athletes through your work is they don't know where they want to be. Yeah or what they want to achieve. They have a vague idea, but they're not specific. They might just say, I want to make the Olympics. Yeah, right. that's great. Well, one yeah. of my clients, I want to go to the Olympics, great, buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then when you define it and narrow it down, oh, I want to perform, I want to be in the team, great. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's a totally different level of action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By when? This Olympics, you got eight months. Mm-hmm. Next Olympics, you got four years and eight months. Mm-hmm. You choose. Yeah. But the level of choice of the level of action is going to determine, they'll be determined by the actual choice that they make. Yeah. Okay, so you want to get to Olympics, great. What, do you, what level do you want to perform at? Even getting to Olympics is massive. Mm. But then they start setting new goals, which is, oh, I don't want to get to the semis, or I want to get the final, I want to get on the podium, yeah. then I want the gold. Most of my work is going, right, let's just go straight to the end, which yeah. is the gold medal. Yeah. Okay? Who does that person need to be and start changing those behaviours and beliefs? Okay. So that first session, for me, it's how do I apply it? <clears throat> Number one is creating information. Mm-hmm. This is where you want to go. Now look at all the fundamentals as to the human mind and why your brain doesn't want to allow this. Mm-hmm. What's stopping you now? And that's where I just start working through those factors with the client in front of me to go, right, to get this, we need to change this. Yeah. How was this current situation or reaction or response being created? 
is that serving you now? No. Are you free to let it go? Yeah, bang. Yeah. How do you want to be? Great. Let's wire that one up. Okay, cool. So you're just essentially rewiring processes within the brain. Yeah. Um, I guess just using certain hypnotherapy techniques. Yeah. And yeah, cool. there's no swinging watch or spiral. Yeah. The easiest way to get someone relaxed. I mean, you probably all heard guided meditation tapes and listen mm. to this and breathing and relaxing into part of the body. There's no better way to hypnotize someone than to get them caught up in their own mind. Mm. So quite simply, I just go, shut your eyes, breathe. Yeah. And imagine yourself in the future in bang. The end of 2020 as an example. Imagine yourself here now living that life of happiness, health, love, wealth mm. with all the results you've had. As soon as you start doing that, as soon as your mind starts imagining, you're down below this conscious level. So therefore, you're more inclined to go, well, that's my life. That's mm. where I'm wanted to go. This is who I am. It's more relevant than doing some weird guided meditation of yeah. slow motion down the beach mm. because this is now your world, your life in your head. Mm. And the brain rewires itself according to intention and emotions. Yeah. So I've just fast-tracked the client 12 months. I've got them into their ultimate life, feeling mm. the way they want to, and then you reflect back and go, wouldn't it be great to be now sitting here looking forward to the person that you will be to look back to this moment where everything transformed? Mm. And that confusion can actually rewire the brain yeah. between who you are and where you're going to go to. So it's yeah. very subtle, very simple processes yeah. that will, people too busy trying to overcomplicate. Yeah. So the subtle art of hypnosis, it's just relaxed state. And now it's going to be kind of sidebar for a moment because a few things I noticed you're saying in regards to, uh, you know, behaviours, mm. um, you know, it's, it's a subtle kind of art. Now, I'm a massive fan of magic. That's why sidebar comes in. Mm. Um, and I, I'm amazed at mentalists. They call themselves mentalists. Mm. Uh, and they seem to tap into subconscious and now able to influence without actually yeah. uh, telling you how they're influencing. Mm. Is that essentially uh, a form of hypnotherapy, that kind of yeah. power suggestion? Mm. Yeah, communication is very much that discussion between the conscious and unconscious mm. mind, whether it's self-communication, that's this is what I want, and then you've got this thought process that happens at the deeper unconscious mm. level. It might not be verbalised. Mm. But through thought, it's strong and powerful. Mm. So if you've got two people, it's still coming between your unconscious to your conscious mind to then verbalize so that I get the message so that then I drop down to my unconscious level to understand it. Mm. And it goes back as a forward. So communication mm. is a seven-step process. Mm. In my hypnosis sessions, all I need to do is relax people below this conscious level and all of a sudden we start communicating at the unconscious. Okay, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know why. Mm. There's got to be some science or something behind mm. it. But I can be sitting there and thinking, no, oh, I'm thinking Spider-Man for some reason. Oh, I'm thinking dolphins. Mm. You mention that, all of a sudden the client, you can see them connect mm. because that's what they were thinking at the mm. time. And it's it's funny because you, you, I actually hear people going, it's just all a crock. Like you say, it's just there's no science behind it, there's no research behind it, there's no evidence behind it. But if you actually ask the people, and like like I said, it's a kind of sidebar because I enjoy magic. Um, but you go, <laughs> okay, so how did the mentalist draw the exact same picture? that this other person was drawing at the same time. Like, it still wrecks my brain. I've, I've, and so, I've got some good friends yeah, with mentalists. Yeah. And we sit and have some great conversations, but they will not tell me how. Yeah. I've got some very good mm. ideas, mm. but you've got to learn it from somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, look, so, so there's, there's, there's basically anecdotal evidence. There's no mm. actual research evidence behind it. Oh, I've got some, I've got scientific measurements. Yeah. from athletes that have had mm. incredible results mm. and all we've done is the hypnosis. Yeah. 
incredible results mm. of eight to ten percent mm. reduction in time mm. for an already national champion. Yeah, and you go, that's the only thing we've done differently mm. is give them a single point of focus, mm. give them some belief, which they've got deep down, otherwise they wouldn't mm. be training. Yeah, um, and managing the nerves. Yeah. Once you do that, all of a sudden, bang. Yeah, I mean, imagine a twenty-seven meter gain mm. in a four hundred meter race. Mm. When you're already number one in the country, yeah, it's massive. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you got you got the evidence. How does it work? I don't know. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. And if you don't think it works, please fast forward or actually send me the name of three of your opposition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because look, it's strong. It's powerful. The results mm. I've experienced in my own life, in my own sport, in business, mm. the results that I see with my clients. I mean when you've got world champions flying around the world mm. to work with yeah. because that's the key and they don't want to share you, hence mm. the secret weapon. I mean, something's got to be working. I guess you could nearly be like, uh, say, if you look at a lot of Russian literature in sport, mm. I mean, it goes back uh, centuries, right? Mm. And you could probably just get a whole PhD by just going, let's just look at some old Russian literature and find out the science behind it. Mm. A lot of the Eastern countries uh, worked and, and wrote about what they did and said mm. this works very effectively doing this, this, this. Yeah. Um, but essentially they didn't know the science behind it exactly because mm. you didn't have the technology to understand the science behind mm. them. Yeah. Is that kind of where hyp hypnotherapy yeah. is at the moment where not exactly sure of the science, but these things work and hypothetically they mm. work for these reasons. Yeah, it's funny you say that because the Russians actually had a team of 11 hypnotherapists at the 1956 yeah. Melbourne Olympics. Yeah. Russia came number one. Yeah. So you look at that and go, there's got to be some level mm. of proof in there somewhere. Mm. So, and you find a lot of the Russian athletes, Chinese athletes, are very detached from emotions. Mm. Duh. Mm. That's what every athlete needs to be doing because as soon as you're attached to your emotions, that's when you start analysing, overthinking, protecting, creating fear and holding yeah. it back. Mm. Remove the emotions from the experience and next thing you perform at your, at your potential. Yeah. Ta-da. Yeah. Job done. Like I'd be, I'd be unemployed if it wasn't for emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So remove the emotions. No, you don't need them. Yeah, sure. You've got to get to that point where you can. Yeah. So it's it's clear. It's evidence based. It's results based. You don't need to understand mm -hmm. everything. You just you just need to know that it works. If it's yeah. not for you, fine. No yeah. problem. Yeah, fair point. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Mm. And I guess even, um, I think I was chatting to you a little bit beforehand about cueing techniques and coaching. I've only just recently found out all the reasons why cueing works versus uh, external versus internal cues and such. Mm. So same kind of thing. Things have been around for years because they work. Yeah. It's just kind of figuring out why, but yeah. do you need to know why if you know it works? Yeah. So <laughs> funny now, how is that going to change anything? Yeah. Funny you're talking about cues because that's exactly what I do with the athletes. I set them up at the peak performance state. Mm. Okay, so remembering your best ever result, the most relaxed you are, mm. future pacing you as imagine going out in the future to having experienced the success mm. and what are the emotions that come mm. with it. We can lock these emotions in. Mm. So as soon as like a footballer steps on the line to run on the field, that pure cue of standing on the line can trigger those emotions mm. and therefore that state, therefore the results. Mm. I've got a lot of... Um, uh, Mo races, mm. the Porsche Carrera Cup Series here in Australia, yeah. two of those went overseas into the international shootout, both yeah. won that, and they're both now Porsche factory drivers following the F1 field in mm. the Porsche Carrera Cup, so called Super Cup. What I do with drivers is basically every time their helmet comes on, bang, they're just in that zone. Mm -hmm. 
which is interesting because my office is actually next door to this room. When they come in for the sessions, they sit there with their helmet on. Mm-hmm. So everything is going through while that helmet is on. So okay. then they come back out. Last thing that happens before they hop in the car and helmet goes on, they automatically drop into this almost self-hypnosis, hypnotic state mm-hmm. where they can perform at, the, at their best without overthinking, overanalyzing. They just go out there and do it. Yeah. yeah. So it works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I guess, um, and I'm trying to I guess, create analogies around this kind of stuff as well. And uh, because... Some viewers might be going, but if there's no evidence, why should we do it? But at the same same time, if it works, it works. And particularly, mm. it's not just a one-off case. It's been yeah. done for 100 years, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you look at Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, hypnosis and NLP. You look yeah. at uh, oh, Lewis Hamilton, mm. but a mindset yeah. coach. You look yeah. at Ash Barty, who's now yeah. got a mindset coach. Yeah. And, and I guess, the, I guess uh, what I just thought of was, uh, this is probably, I, I think, a real good analogy, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I watched a presentation for a conference a few years ago, and mm-hmm. there was a person presenting on the, the, the gaps between uh, research and practical application in sport mm-hmm. and sports science, and he only took a PhD on nutrition. Now, I forget the guy's name, so apologies for that, but he presented really well. He was mm-hmm. talking about his PhD on nutrition, and he said it was quite funny because after four years of hard work, he found amazing information out of nutrition mm-hmm. and the, the major rugby league or rugby union club that I was working with in England mm-hmm. said, okay, so what can you tell us? He goes, oh, uh, so I can tell all this kind of information. He goes, no, no, what's practical for us? He goes, oh, drink white when you're thirsty. He goes, we knew this. What else can you tell me? Yeah. Um, I can tell you the background of why it happens. Hmm. He goes, we don't care. We just want to know what. He goes, so you just spent four years to tell us something we already knew. He goes, oh, I, I now know the background about why that happens. He goes, hmm. we don't care. So that's give essentially, us yeah, give us something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So hmm. that's kind of um, where we're at. It hmm. works for a reason and people know it works. Hmm. So why, why is there still this stigma around it? I think because it's portrayed that way in movies. It's ah, portrayed yeah. that way on stage with stage hypnosis because mm-hmm. it's entertainment. It's funny. Of course, yeah. Um, it's just the way it's been portrayed. Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess if you look at my, I'd say my profession, I'd love to say my profession, but there's a lot of people in my industry mm-hmm. that they don't believe in the skills they've got, the processes mm-hmm. that are there. Mm-hmm. So there's only a few, and as I said to, to someone as you, or before, we talk about 99% of my industry and ruining it for the 1% that are doing it well. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's hard to break through that 99% belief. And I'm hoping the people listening to this are now starting to go, maybe there's something in this. Mm. If all I can do is get people thinking that there may be another option out there mm. that could work. Um, and it's also finding the right people because it's like yeah. you go anywhere on social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. everyone's a coach. Yeah, everyone's yeah, a specialist. Everyone's mm-hmm. got the answer. Yeah. How do you break through this when you actually do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, yeah. Um, and without an unlimited budget, it's really hard to break through that and yeah. to break through the noise and people's uh, beliefs. Mm-hmm. So hence podcasts are great because it gives people someone to actually connect to. Yeah, feel free. Yeah. Anyone out there to send me an email. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I guess the one thing um, I can say, just from uh, uh, dealing with Stuart in the past, um, 
I've literally just sent him an email and we've just caught up and grabbed a coffee. Like it's, he's a good person to chat to just to actually connect with. Mm. And if you find that he suits where you want, uh, mm. then he's a real great person to work with. So, um, but we're going to keep on moving on um, <laughs> rather than it's just not a sales pitch right now. Um, uh, although still would like it to be right now. Um, but you, you briefly mentioned uh, uh, an acronym before, which I know a little bit about, um, but it, it's NLP. So how does, what it, well, I guess, what is NLP for those listening at home yep. and how does that fit into hypnotherapy? Uh, neuro-linguistic programming. Is that just one of those words? It sounds that impressive, go, isn't it? Like PNF stretching, like proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation, like neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro-linguistic programming. Let's just call it positive thinking. Okay. <laughs> so just basically, yeah, it's neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro, brain, linguistic, language, programming are the programs we operate. Yeah, so it's like so the it's, foundation of hypnotherapy. Is, so it's basically uh, how you think and how you talk creating the programs and the map of who you are. So pretty much exactly what we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Simple. It's, but what's, what, I, what I find is hypnosis itself doesn't change people. Mm-hmm. It's the processes, the programs, the system, the suggestions around um, that level. Mm-hmm. So hypnotizing anyone can, anyone can be hypnotized. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to go through that level, go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So everyone is hypnotizable. Okay, so you have to go through it to go to sleep. You have to go through it to wake up. It's a hypnagogic state. Yeah. Um, but it's also, if you've ever watched TV, if you've ever been shopping, if you've ever bought things, you think, well, have I got that? You can ever go to these self-development, self-empowerment conferences when you see people run to the back of the room. Mm. Hypnotized. Yeah. <laughs> it's suggestion. It's mm. emotional. It's suggestion. And that's basically what it is. So hypnosis itself is just the process to get you relaxed mm-hmm. into that state where your model of the world changes mm-hmm. to a more realistic version. So is that similar to, uh, like you're talking about the uh, subconscious state as well, is that similar to what flow state is or what people call flow state? Flow state, meditation, I guess they just use terminology differently, don't they? Yeah, or even a nanonap. Same thing. 20 minutes of <laughs> okay, yeah. a nanonap. Yeah. That's actually the hypnosis, hypnosis okay. state. Yeah, nice. But all we do is use the NLP processes mm-hmm which is communication from mind and language at that deep hypnotic level. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you don't need repetition yeah. for it to grab hold of. I use the example of the fundamentals of the human mind. There's 16 fundamentals that I've been researching and kind of compiled over the last 13 years. Mm-hmm. So I can get any client, any athlete, any person, drop them through these filters, the fundamentals, and mm-hmm. go, oh, there's the root cause yeah. of everything that you're now manifesting on the surface. Yeah. Make a simple shift. Is this working for you now? No. Okay, let's change it. What would? Bang. Change it across and then lift you back up through these filters. Mm-hmm. Total transformation. Yeah, nice. So all I do is drop people down, use the NLP process through the fundamentals of the human mind, switch them into, right, if this is helping you move forward, do it. If it's not, change it. Yeah. Job done. And yeah. then lift it up. So we don't need to overcomplicate it any more mm-hmm. than what it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. And... Yeah, I guess because there's so many, like I said, coaches around, people that do everything mm. the best and a lot of it's just labels. You just don't need to overcomplicate it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of NLP specialists out there. Mm. It's the combination of where they approach it. If they're doing it yeah. at a conscious level, your mind's still going to be blocking stuff mm. based on the programs underneath. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people, are, and I found this out, I guess, when I first looked into NLP, but a lot of 
sales people get into NLP, don't they? Yeah, which which people can consider bad. Using well, negative evil instead of good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At times, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, but all sales is is essentially believing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that just depends on how they use it. Depends, <laughs> yeah, it depends on the wording. I mean, yeah. I can. I mean, anything that I do is basically what we call a reframe, mm. taking your existing life mm. into a totally different mm. thought about it, yeah. just spinning it around. And if mm. that is somehow going to create a different result, that's all we're doing. Yeah. So it's just shifting beliefs and shifting mm. things. And uh, Sorry, it sounds yeah. easy, doesn't it? No. <laughs> Give me a challenge. No, it, it is, no it, it's, a, it's kind of exactly why I wanted to talk, talk to you mm. to kind of break it down and get people to understand a little bit about hypnotherapy. Yeah. And... I'm hoping people are kind of getting an impression that it's not such a, uh, I guess, bad area to go down to where people kind of think it's a bit of fluff around here and there, but mm. it's more, so far from what I've understood, it's the applied theoretical models of psychology. Mm. Um, and it's as easy as being able to manipulate the sun, subconscious, mm. uh, I guess, to overcome your fears at the conscious level. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all it is. I mean, yeah. we've all got this gut instinct. This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then there's this wonderful word called, word called but. I want to, but. Yeah. The I want to is the unconscious going, yeah, I got this. The but is the conscious mind going, yeah, but what about the emotions? Yeah. And that's all it is. So if you find yourself holding back, limiting, restricting, procrastination, self-sabotage, that's your unconscious and conscious mm-hmm. conflict, basically. Yeah. So we just remove the buts, which is, yeah, if I'm going to go and do this. And there's no limitations mm. to holding back. That's because all the fears are being removed and we're reprogramming the unconscious mind. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Next question. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kurt wants to sign that. Yeah, you can see him. Give me, uh, give me a session. No, no, no. I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's more, more going, okay, where, where do we go from here? Um, but, but, there's a but. <laughs> <laughs> there's a fear. Instead of changing but, let's say and. and. So and. Um, is there something, I guess you seem to work with athletes as well. Mm. Uh, I think on your website, you say you also work with entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, so does that mean you work with entrepreneurs and also, I guess, corporate as well? Yeah. Yeah. And basically anyone who thinks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So if so you look at it, I mean, the elite athlete, they've got the same drive mm. as an elite person in business. Yeah, the true. elite athlete and the entrepreneur is exactly the same, except it's one is more physical and the other one is mental. Both succeeding and still pushing the limits yeah. mentally and physically and yeah. financially to achieve the desired mm. outcome. Yeah. So it's exactly the same, the same fundamentals. But there's also what I would call my solutions point, which are, I just need to get away from this fear, this phobia, this attitude, or this mm. habit that I need to change. Mm. I treat people exactly the same way because the same fundamentals all exist. Mm. And in saying that, I guess. Uh, I could ask, say, what common things do you see across these people? And you could say fear, but hmm. say across all this, is there see uh, a common theme across athletes and entrepreneurs hmm. about what kind of fear it is? Uh, I mean, most people would say fear of failure, but is there a common theme of what type of fear of what they're afraid of? Yeah, it's a scary thing. If if you let's just use analogy, if there was a snake in front of you and you had a fear of it, hmm. you'd move away from it, wouldn't you? Yeah. If there was a spider there and you had a fear of it, you'd move away. If you had a fear of failure, you'd move away from failure, which is towards success. Okay. Okay. Simple, isn't it? Most people can get 80% of their potential Mm. through a fear of failure, as in running away from it. Mm -hmm. But that extra 20% is generally 
fear of success. Mm. Fear of success, you might go, oh, that sounds stupid. Yeah, it is on the surface. <laughs> Underneath, we're talking about the brain and and number one priority, which is protecting ourselves from potential hurt, potential harm, physically and emotionally. Mm. So if the emotional state of you being successful uh, means that you have a whole group of people around you that start questioning you, judging you, emotionally attacking you, well, your level of success now brings a lot of external judgment. If you're lacking confidence, the ability to withhold and to manage that, mm. there's the sphere of success. Mm. You might be good at sport, but next thing you're on billboards and front covers yeah. and magazines around the world then your privacy disappears, which then comes into that survival thing. Because mm -hmm. everywhere you go, people are looking, people are pointing, you're sneezing, it's on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, yeah. Instagram, it's there. Yeah. So this fear of success is very real and very strong. Mm. There's a lot of athletes who just go, yeah, I could get to this, but look at these people mm. who have failed in their sport because of the, I guess, the emotional stigmas mm. and fallout. So a lot of people are now starting to go, do I really want to be that successful in sport mm. or the arts or science or business because of what would people think? Mm. So to actually get to that level, you've got to really remove yourself from any community you're in at the moment unless mm. you're surrounded by the best in the world yeah. of what you're doing because mm. you're going to end up growing away from, I guess, nature, which is we want to be in the community, we want to be supported, we want to be feeling good and safe. You actually have to grow yourself out of that into the next little community and then grow out of that into the next one. But these people that you're around at the moment, they don't want you to get any better. And they kind of, the whole haters kind of situation, right? Yeah. Haters going to hate. Yeah, but they don't actually hate you. They hate oh, yeah. themselves. Yeah. We love successful people in sports, arts, and science. That's but we just don't like people we know I guess, being successful. And that's why I guess it's a kind of um, uh, classic kind of psychological thing, right? They, uh, I guess they project the hate onto other people because they mm. want to bring them down to their level. Yeah, therefore right? making themselves feel better. Yeah. It's one of the fundamentals. Everything mm. we do is for our own benefit. Mm. So if I've got someone who's very successful, I might be looking at myself and go, yeah, what, why aren't I there? Mm. How dare they? Mm. Let me bring them back down to my level. Oh, mm. that's right, I feel better about myself. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. So this, that's probably one of the greatest that I need to work with. Mm. And I guess the other one is really clearly defining a goal. Oh, yeah. So, so pretty much the common two, two of the, I guess, most common aspects is uh, defining a goal and then fear of success rather than fear of failure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, okay, yeah, because too many times, and I hear this around coaching as well, is mm. you go, you've just got a fear of failure, but it's kind of totally not that at all. Now, fear yeah. of failure will probably get you about 8%. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's a fear of success. It's yeah. the other 20%, and that's where, yeah. that's where the goal is. Yeah. Or premiership. Yeah, either way, there's so many end goals there, yeah. And, and it's incredibly powerful as well because if you've got this fear of success, I mean, let's go back to the physical body. Mm -hmm. If your brain is going, hey, look, you're pushing me, you're not listening to me, it can create massive issues in the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Muscle tearing, um, you name it. Yeah. I've had athletes that are prior to Olympic trials break or break a foot running on grass. Yeah. When they're a marathon runner. Yeah. <laughs> and grass is softer. Yeah. yeah softer. And you just go, how is that possible? Because, mm. yeah, you're not listening to your body. Mm. Therefore, hey, I'll give you something to listen to. I'll slow mm. down. Yeah. Bang. Mm. So the mind and the body connection, the psychosomatic connection is just incredibly powerful. Yeah. Which is why this makes it even easier for conversation because mm. everything we're talking about with the mind, because your imagination controls the mind, the mind controls your thoughts and your thoughts control mm. your actions. Mm. 
Ta-da, there's your body. So you're saying you're hypnotizing everybody listening today? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's a lot my head. <laughs> but no, it's it's amazing because the body is only going to follow what the mind's doing. If the mind yeah. doesn't think it's capable of doing it because of fear, remove the fear, the body's going to do it. Yeah, true. Nice. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's, uh, it's shown a great light on, uh, I guess, hypnotherapy, in my opinion. So I'm hoping mm. everyone that's listening uh, feels the same way. So obviously, I've still got a few few more things I want to chat to Stuart about. But even if from now you have more questions, then feel free to get in touch with both of us. Um, but I guess before we kind of head off on this mm-hmm. conversation, is there any, I guess, if people want to read more of that hypnotherapy besides asking a question because mm-hmm. they might have the fear of success by asking a question, <laughs> um, uh, is there any book or resources uh, besides, say, your own um, that you could recommend someone learn a bit more about hypnotherapy? On, or Oh, look, it's one of those crazy things, as I, as I said, it's 99% of people that are ruining it for 1% doing Yeah, true, yeah. It's hard to suggest something really positive. I'd suggest getting a wider variety of information and yeah. advice. There's a lot of, even on the Australian Institute of Sport mm-hmm. website, and they're very well, anti, I won't say anti-me, but anti-hypnosis mm-hmm. because of. Mm-hmm. They've done a great article in there that actually explains the benefits of it. Yeah. So why they're not allowing me into this system, it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, there's a lot of research out there. Mm-hmm. The best thing is to just, look, to be honest, I've got a lot of articles and podcasts mm. on my own. Mm. The podcasts that I've got on my Athlete Sicker Weapon podcast are clients and people that I know mm-hmm. that talk about mindset, mm-hmm. not necessarily hypnosis, but you look at the mindset and then you start thinking, right, what are the ways that you can change your mind? Mm-hmm. There's meditation. Mm-hmm. There's guided meditation. There's mindfulness. There's, well, what else is around so, um, so it's pretty much in Google just exploring hypnotherapy, meditation, just different forms. Of, yeah, and the science behind yeah. it. There's okay, a lot cool. of great videos out there. There's a lot of crap ones too Yeah, that actually do a disservice to the industry and mm. profession yeah. because people just don't get it right. Mm. That's not like every profession, isn't it? And Yeah, and for me, it's, it's like, yeah, you're right. Any profession, whether, even if it's mortgage broken as an example, mm. You can have some brilliant ones and you can have some horrible ones, but don't allow those horrible ones to really influence your uh-huh. final decision. Unfortunately, the horrible ones tend to be the ones that influence the decision all the time. Yeah, like used car salesman. Yeah. There's got to be a good one out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Mm. Um, no, that's, that's perfect. So uh, people can pretty much just uh, Google around a little bit. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, last thing is just if people want to get in contact with you. So mm-hmm. if people want to get in contact with you, ask a question or want to kind of get involved in the session or even yeah. just look at what you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, first of all, you just mentioned your own podcast, The Athletes That Co-Open. Mm-hmm. Um, but how else can people get in contact with you? Uh, just go to the website, Elite Mindset Institute. Just have a look at that. You can sign oh, yeah. up for free, get access to free videos, audios, the podcast, articles. Oh. That's all in there. My so you've got resources for people already yeah. to have a look at. My published book, The Dear Diary Process, is in there. I've got the new ebook, which is How to Change Your Thoughts for Awesome yeah. Results. Yeah, awesome. That's all available and in there for free. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, just read the information. If it, if it connects to you, yeah, please send me an email. Send me or connect on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for individual sessions, online programs, speaking, workshops, you name it, I'll be there. Fantastic. Well, 
Thanks so much for that, Stuart. So right. um, it's brilliant to have you on board in this podcast. Uh, yeah, I think I'm recording this. So thanks again to everyone that's listening. Thanks again to Stuart. Um, but yeah, get into uh, Elite Mindset Institute and have a look. Yep. And we'll sign up from here. So cheers. You're thanks welcome. for listening. Thanks, everyone.